Dr. Paul Leslie Hour, helping people tell their stories. And now, your host, Paul Leslie. Hey, it's me. Hello, and welcome to the Paul Leslie Hour. I am honored that you're here. Thank you so much for tuning in. It is no secret I'm a huge fan of the great vocal groups. One of those groups would have to be The Temptations. This year, 2021, The Temptations are celebrating their 60th anniversary. Incredible. I'll never forget getting to see The Temptations and a couple days before welcoming Otis Williams, founding member, on the radio show that I hosted. Now we got this podcast. But this interview did very, very well. I also put it up on YouTube where it has more than 20,000 hits for an audio-only clip. That's pretty good, I think. The Temptations just keep on going. I was listening the other day to the great new single that they put out featuring the founding member Otis Williams and the great Smokey Robinson. Smokey Robinson is one of those people also famous for being a singer and a great songwriter I've always wanted to welcome. They have this new single out. It's called, Is It Gonna Be Yes or No? I suggest you check it out. It's really cool. It has that kind of feeling. It sounds modern, but you could have imagined one of the great vocal groups, The Temptations or The Miracles, whatever, recording it even 60, 50 years ago. Check it out. It's called, Is It Gonna Be Yes or No? So I'll be playing this interview in just a moment. If you like the interview, please consider sharing it on social media. Let people know about this. And just remember that the Paul Leslie Hour is made possible through listeners like you. You can support the show by going to thepaulleslie.com. Thepaulleslie.com. Click on support the show. Thank you to all of you who have contributed. It really means a lot. Now, let's get into the interview with the legendary Otis Williams of The Temptations. Ladies and gentlemen, it is our pleasure to welcome the one and only Otis Williams of The Temptations. How you doing? I'm doing great. It's a great honor to talk to you. Well, same to you, Paul. Who is Otis Williams? Uh, well, Otis Williams is a fortunate young man to be able to do what he wanted to do ever since he was 14 years old, and God has blessed him to be able to sing and perform and hopefully bring enjoyment and pleasure to the, our fans the world over for 50 years. I would say I agree with you 100%, except for the word hopefully. There's no hopefully about it. It's definitely. <laughs> uh, I'll, I always try to keep the eye of the tiger, so, you know, we always try, they always try to improve upon oneself. What was life like growing up? Oh, well, pretty much just like I would imagine any other kid growing up uh, in Detroit. You know, I was born in Texas and moved to Detroit when I was about 11 or 12 years old and wanted to start singing when I saw the great rock and roll shows that used to come to Detroit when rock and roll was in its infancy and they used to bring the great rock and roll shows to the Fox Theater. And I would see some of the greats uh, at that time perform. I was mesmerized to see 5,000 plus people at Spark City going crazy over what four or five guys was, uh, what were doing on the on the stage. So that was my uh, catalyst to want to become a singer. Tell us about some of those acts. What are some of the groups that stand out in your mind from that time period? Those days, uh, you know, first of all, I, I was 
I grew up listening to the great gospel singers of uh, that time. My grandmother would have me listening to the great Mahalia Jackson and Clara Ward singers, the five, the Soulsters, the Dixie Hummingbirds. And then when I moved to Detroit, started watching uh, groups like uh, the Flamingos, the Cadillacs, Frank and Lyman and the Teenagers, the Royal Jokers, Clyde McFadder, uh, Jackie Wilson, and they were the ones that inspired me to the point of wanting to sing. I've read that the group, the Cadillacs in particular, were a very big influence on you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Speedo and the Cadillacs, in fact, I often call Speedo uh, from time to time just to check on him and let him know because of what I saw him and his group do. That's uh, a large part of their temptations because, uh, you know, they were super fantastic on stage. And the late, great Charlie Atkins was responsible for all that wonderful choreography that they were doing. So I give a lot of, you know, accolades to uh, Speedo uh, of the Calyx for what they did, because they left a profound uh, impression upon me. Did you ever envision that you would have the success in the music business that you have had? No, no. When we started out in 1961, we had no inclination that we would become, as they say, as iconic as we are. Today, all we wanted to do, like most singers at that time, want to, you know, sing, have a hit record, or have as many hit records as you can get, and, and to make money and naturally, you know, sing for the girls. But we didn't have any idea 50 years later we would still be around, still being loved, and still winning and uh, uh, making all kind of history, you know. So, no, we didn't have any idea. A lot of people would be interested to know that The Temptations have been a group for more than 50 years. Why do you think the group has been able to hang in there for so long? There's a lot of different factors, you know, why we've been able to be around for 50 years. Well, first and foremost, you know, you got to love what you do. And in spite of the losses that I've gone through, I still find it very desirous to uh, be able to get out there and do something that I can do and uh, enjoy doing what I do because, you know, in this here world that we inhabit it, it's not too many people that say that they get up and go to work and do what they love doing as long as I've been doing it because a lot of times we hear people complain about the regular nine to five and the whole home syndrome caught up in a certain vacuum of life. And when I break it down, all I have to do is perform. I want to have on stage every night and then we have great periods of when we have time off. The only real real factor what we do is the traveling itself. But other than that, when I break it down, it's just an hour and a half of being on the stage, bringing happiness and enjoyment to everybody the world over and getting paid handsomely. Is it true that before you were called the Temptations, you were called something else? Before we came to Motown, we were Otis Williams and the Distant. And then we became disenchanted with the label that we were with in a small company called Northern Records. And when we became disenchanted with them, I had met Mr. Gordy uh, at a record hop when he was out with Smoke and the Robinson, Smoke and the Miracles. And he was impressed with the record that we had. And he said, if you should ever become disenchanted where you are, come see me. I'm starting my own label, which we did. And when we left the label that we were with, the lady said, well, if you're going to leave me, I'm going to keep the name. So she kept the name The Distance, which we said, yeah, well, fine. We're young. We can start all over again. And we were the Elgins for about a couple of weeks until we found out it was another group called the Elgins. A friend of mine, uh, Cornelius Grant, called me this morning and asked about how did the name, you know, came about. And I told him, Bill, a guy named Bill Mitchell, 
we were standing out in front of Motown Records at the time because we had just signed, but we didn't have the name. And he said, well, what about, Bill Mitchell said, what about the Temptations? I said, I like that. Let's take that one. And I asked the guy, I said, did they think of Paul Williams? I never will forget what he said. He said, hey, a name is whatever we make it. So we became the Temptations. And uh, Bill Mitchell hollered up to uh, Motown's legal department and said, put on the contract, the Temptations. And here it is 50 years later. Does that name have any meaning, the Temptations? Not really. You know, it just sounded good, you know, at the time. And I guess we were trying to get a name for the thing so we could get in there and start recording. But it just had that sound, the right sound to the ear, the Temptation. And I guess uh, it was meant for us to have because before we were the Temptation, there was a white group called the Temptation. They had one record out, I think, called Barbara Ann. But we never got any records from them. Just continued on with the Temptations. But uh, it just had the, the right kind of sound. It wasn't too dramatic, but dramatic enough. And it wasn't too over the top, but just right. So we liked it. And uh, here it is 50 years later. You're listening to our interview with Otis Williams of The Temptations. You've been at this for a long time. What are some of the biggest changes you've seen in the music business? Wow, well, you know, the one thing that I've learned about life, music, or anything, the one thing that's constant in life is change. And we've seen a lot of change in music and everything since then. So the one thing that has been the strength for The Temptations is that we've been able to adapt to whatever the musical trends might be. We've always had the kind of voicing in the group that whatever is called for us to be able to sing, to keep up with the times and the change of music, the Tims have always had that kind of a flexibility and uh, availability of being able to sing and adapt to the different changes. And when I look back at um, our repertoire and uh, our catalog, uh, it just proves positive that We've been able to adapt to whatever the changes have been. And the music business has changed dramatically from when we uh, started. But it hasn't changed to the point where it's a great song, regardless of all the different kind of hip-hop, rap, neo-soul, and what have you. Bottom line, and I've seen it enough to prove me right, a great song, a great song will stand the test of time. And that is why Motown's catalog, and I won't just say temptations, but Motown's catalog is being celebrated. 50 years, because when you stop and think about it, all those songs that were written back during the 60s all the way up to now have been so celebrated and loved that it's a true testament that great songs will definitely withstand the test of time. Well, one of the songs that has definitely stood the test of time, The Way You Do the Things You Do, what kind of changes did that song bring for the band? Well, what it brought about far as when it became here, we started working more on a grander scale. You know, we were a work group even before we started having hit records. But when The Way You Do The Things You Do came out in 64, that increased our workload tremendously. I mean, we would finish a, a Motown tour and come right off of that in a day or so uh, in between. We would start a Dick Clark Cavalcade of Sport tour. We'd leave that, then we would go on a Mary Decay tour at the show at the Brooklyn Park for 10 days. We'd do that, then we'd come on uh, and do an Irving Fell tour. So it was constant back-to-back work, you know, and then when My Girl was released later on in 64, that really just took us over the top. Big clubs, Ed Sullivan shows, all kind of popular TV shows, and, you know, so it really just made us work. Our workload just really increased with a a quantum leap. We're talking with Otis Williams of The Temptations. 
Do you have a favorite song that The Temptations recorded? Well, first and foremost, I'm a big Temptation fan. You know, just like our fans are. My favorite song, and I have to uh, give credit to Smoking Right and White, is My Girl. My Girl first and then everything else. When somebody goes to see The Temptations in concert, what do you hope they get from that experience? Well, what I hope that they get out of the experience of seeing us perform, you know, it was a very popular show that was on during the 70s called Death Entertainment. And when I would watch that show, uh, the thing that, you know, the broadcast that it was showing, I felt that was a very uh, good title, Death Entertainment. And I would like for our fans to always walk away saying, now that's entertainment because, you know, I don't rain on anybody else's parade, but, you know, we don't walk out put our pants, you know, know, uh, halfway across our behind or grabbing our crouch and all that. You know, we are from old school to the point of we were taught to be in show business and not have to rely on a hit record. So we were taught the proper etiquette about being on stage and how to carry ourselves when we are off stage because oftentimes they watch you the most when you're off stage because they know what you're going to do when uh, we're on stage, but what kind of people are we like once we're on stage. So we were taught all of, all of the, you know, things about how to really be a consummate entertainer on and off the stage. So I would like my fans always in after they have seen a temptation show like uh, Leva going away saying, now that's entertainment. You know, those guys sing, they perform, they got uniforms, they know how to talk, they carry themselves like, oh, well. So I like for them to say that's entertainment, to make a long story short. You recorded and performed with so many people, and not just performing on stage, but also performing alongside of, whether opening or having someone else open for you. Right. Who sticks out in your mind the most? Well, you know, when you have been on the stage with uh, as many great artists that we have, it's hard to just single out any one particular, you know, artist. You know, I mean, because I can go back to the days of Jackie Wilson, the days of Gene Chandler, being on the uh, Ed Sullivan show with a lot of the great acts that was on the Ed Sullivan show, doing uh, the Hollywood Palace with the late great Bean Crosby. So our performance with such greats is very wide that I couldn't single out just one in, individual because we have been blessed 50 years. You know, we've covered stage, uh, I mean, the great Otis Redding. You know, we've uh, shared stages together. I really wish we could have been on the stage, uh, shared stage with the late great Sam Cook. But, you know, aside from some of the names that I mentioned, there's too many names to just single out one. So we just have been a very blessed group to have shared stage with some of the greats. Ray Charles, we shared stage with Ray Charles. And then when I stop and think about it, it's, uh, it's endless almost. Amazing. If you could put it into words, what do you like about music? Uh, I can put it into words quite easily. I have come to realize from experience that music is colorless. Music is boundless. I mean, music has even gone be. We've been able to do things with music that politicians have not been able to do with politics in, in order to uh, preserve civility and what have you. But we have been able to do that through our efforts of music. So music uh, can reach so far and through so many, you know, troubled souls and, and things that it, it is just a great form to be part of. Can you imagine this world without music? You know, it would be a huge void. So uh, music is really at the top of the list of just bringing people together, which we've done that. We've 
seeing one time down in the south, uh, quite a few places in the south, where it's uh, blacks on one side, whites on the other side. Came back to the same place the next year, blacks and whites were uh, sitting side by side, high-fiving, booty-banging. If it wasn't for the sweat that we were perspiring, you would have seen the tears flowing from my eyes. So, you know, music is a strong, strong vehicle for uh, bringing people together. We're talking with Otis Williams of The Temptations. What is your all-time favorite meal? My all-time favorite meal? Yes, sir. Wow. I don't know. I have no all-time favorite. I mean, I love food. You know, I try and watch my diet, but I just can't. You know, I'm a Southern boy. You know, naturally being raised on the, you know, uh, good soul food. You know, uh, that, that's been the, the rudiment of my diet, but I tried to change my diet over. Yes, because, you know, you have to watch it because, you know, you get fat and, you know, diabetic and all that stuff. So I try and eat light, so I can't think of anything, you know, other than I like food, but I just try and watch my diet. My last question, very open-ended. What would you say to anyone listening in? Wow, what I'd like to say to all our fans listening in is that I thank them first and foremost for their love and support. Because of them, we've been able to still be around 50 years later. So I have to uh, give thanks to them. And I also have to give thanks, first and foremost, to God, you know, because this business of what we do is such a, can be such a short-lived business. And so anytime you can last, I would say even five to ten years, that's a milestone. But for 50 years, that's, a, that's something to really be uh, commended for and about because we had no idea. And the only reason that we're around is that we still love I won't say the only reason, but we still love what we do. But we have such a strong fan base that I want to thank our many fans for being there for us. We just always try and give our fans the utmost of what we can do for what we're known for. So I thank our fans first and foremost. Well, Mr. Williams, thank you so much for joining us on this interview. Oh, same here. Thank you so much. Have a good one. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Goodbye.